Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. This episode of Thinking Sideways is not brought to you by our Facebook interpretive dance team. Instead, it's brought to you by meeting us at CrimeCon. That's right. CrimeCon, Nashville, Tennessee, USA, May 4th through 6th. We're going to have a live show. There's still day tickets available. And if you go to CrimeCon.com and use the promo code SIDEWAYS, you'll get a good deal on those day passes. Also, we're doing a meetup in Nashville, venue to be determined, Saturday night. Plan on being there. There might probably be a pretty exciting surprise there so uh stay tuned for that so go to crimecon.com to get your tickets use the promo code sideways we'll see you there this episode is also brought to you by stitcher premium that's right we're on stitcher premium if you want to get ad free content early and bonus content feel free to join us on stitcher premium you can go to stitcher.com slash thinking sideways and use the code sideways for one month free so stitcher.com slash thinking sideways use the promo code sideways and uh yeah you know you want to so get on it Hi there. Welcome to another episode of Thinking Sideways. I'm Joe, joined, as always, by... Steve. And... Devin. And, uh, of course, we're going to talk about a mystery. Yeah! Yay! I know. Okay, so this week we're going to talk about uh, a little mass murder that happened about five years ago in France. Uh, this has been in the news, actually, quite a bit, so you may have heard of it. It happened September 2012 in the French Alps, uh, several miles south of Lake Annecy. Which I'm probably mispronouncing. Oh yeah, now it's time for the uh, 
the warning. Uh, this contains a lot of French words, which I'm going to mispronounce. Yep. So that's mm -hmm. about it. Okay. We're, we did our best, but it's yeah. it, it's hard to make it stick. Yeah, French yeah. is weird. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So listener discretion is advised. Okay. Parlez-vous so, français? Yeah. That's all I get. That's all I know. Yeah. I don't that baguette. Don't dis salabano. That's my <laughs> French right there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Back to Lake Annecy. So um, uh, Lake Annecy is this really beautiful lake. I don't know if you guys took a look at it on Google or oh, anything yeah. like that. Mm -hmm. Really, really beautiful place in, in the Alps and about 40 miles, not, not even 40 miles, 20 miles south of Geneva, Switzerland, mm -hmm. uh, way over in the east of France. Of course, the, the mystery I'm talking about, of course, is the Annecy shootings, also known as the Chevalier killings, because that's the, the little village that it was kind of close to. Before I go any further, I'm going to give a hat tip to a few of our listeners who suggested this topic, uh, actually Annie, and uh, some others. I know a lot of people have suggested this to us, but when I looked on the list, I only saw Annie's name on it. So all the rest of you, hey, thanks. <laughs> So this is a popular one, um, and I've been following the story for a while now, and it recently has popped up back in the news because they have a new suspect. I don't know mm -hmm. if you guys noticed that or not, yep. but it's, uh, it's still looking to be like they're not going to solve it anytime soon. Nah. I don't think. Which uh, is why we're confidently doing uh -huh. an episode on it. Yeah, I think so. Very um, excited for it to be solved a week before we release it. Yeah, wouldn't that be? Yeah, yeah. wouldn't I don't, that be a great yeah. track record? Every week we go yeah. to put one out, and they solve it the week before. You know what? <laughs> they would start <laughs> yeah. sending pieces I know. to us. I was yeah. gonna say genuinely, I really would though, because that would just mean you know <laughs> so much less pain in this world for people. So. That's true. It'd be a good thing. It'd yeah. just be more pain for us, but less for other people. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Oh, let's talk about our protagonist. Uh, in this story. They would be the Al Hilly family who lived in Claygate, which is in England. It's west of Croydon, northwest of Epsom, so you know exactly where it is, right? Yeah. Of course. South of Twickenham uh, and north of East Horsley. Great. Uh, about 15, 20 kilometers southwest of London. Yeah. And the Al Hilly family was Saad Al Hilly, 50 years old, uh, born in Iraq. I think I believe his family moved to England when he was about nine years old. I think he might have been slightly younger than that, but Maybe. it was somewhere. Yeah. He was he was a right very young there. boy. Yeah, he was very young, and well, uh, along with his brother Zaid and his dad Kadim. Uh, Saad is uh, our first protagonist, and Iqbal, 47, his wife, who was mm -hmm. a dentist. Uh, Saad, by the way, was an engineer. Suhaila Al Alaf, uh, 74, was uh, was Iqbal's mother, one of the Saad's mother-in-law. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then there are two daughters, Zainab and Zina, who are seven and four. Respectively. Respectively, yeah. yes. Also present at our crime scene was Sylvain Mollier, 45 years old, a French guy. Mm -hmm. A little a little background here on the uh, Al Hillies and, and Mollier. Uh, Saad was born in Iraq, as I said. His family moved to England. His brother Zaid still lives in London. Saad, as I said, was an engineer who, quote, worked on satellite systems. Uh, it's a little vague exactly what he did, but apparently he worked for uh, Surrey Satellites Technology, LTD, and his employer said that his work did not involve classified stuff. So it's not like he was working on super secret spy Well, the satellite industry is, like a lot of industries, it's pretty broad. It could be weather satellites. It could be the guy who worked for a satellite TV company. And, you know, yeah. And, yeah, and he I don't put know. dishes it, on houses or yeah. the dishes that put on houses yeah. for well, what think, we know. I think he was a little more higher up than that. But or, I think that, yeah. But yeah, but yeah. He, yeah. So, and, and Iqbal, his wife, was a dentist who I believe, but I can't swear on this, was educated in Dubai, and she'd been married before to an American. Yep, named, I'd heard that too. James Thompson uh, from Mississippi. According to accounts that I've read, she married the guy just to get her green card. It was kind of a marriage of convenience. I don't think it was even consummated. Things didn't work out, unfortunately, for her in America because her credentials didn't qualify her to work as an actual dentist, and mm. she had to be 
a dental assistant, which she found kind of, you know, demeaning, I guess, or at least low paying. Yeah, it's yeah. like the doctor that you meet from another country who's driving cabs oh, in this country oh, yeah. Yeah. because kind of... we don't recognize the all the schooling he did mm-hmm. in his it's, home country. It's yeah. pretty sad, kind of a waste, really. As I said, things didn't work out. Uh, eventually, Iqbal moved back to Dubai, later married Saad. Did they meet in Dubai? Uh, I'm not sure okay. exactly. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, and then we'll talk about, uh, the, of course, the two daughters. I think they met in England. Yeah, it might be. I'm I not sure. I remember reading yeah. about where they met, and I really feel like they met in England, but I could no, be it, it totally It could very wrong. well be true. I, as that's, that's one aspect of the story I didn't actually research too heavily. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I, yeah. I know, read it in passing, and I thought, oh, okay. And then yeah. it's, yeah. of course, immediately escaped me. Yeah, yeah. and, and in many, this has actually been much covered in the press, and there's a lot of contradictory accounts. So Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah, probably depends on how they want to frame the story. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then also our French guy, Sylvain Mollier, I'm probably mispronouncing that, but he worked at a company called Césus, which refines and casts various exotic metals into billets and such for machining into nuclear reactor parts. Uh, and but he, he was a welder. Well, he, yeah, he, initially in the press, though, he was, he was, put, he was, he was uh, supposed to be like a metallurgist or maybe a senior production manager. It eventually came out that he was Because those are juicy positions worked. to write about? Yeah, well, they're juicy because maybe he had nuclear secrets. Mm. Maybe that's why he got murdered, you know, mm-hmm. but it turns out he was a welder. Which, you know, by the way, that's not a, that's not necessarily a low-paying, low-skilled oh, job. Oh, God, no. no that, that's high-paying work right Oh, yeah. Oh, and for sure. highly skilled, but oh, also... Yeah. I, knew, I knew a guy who used to go around the world and help construct nuclear reactors all over the world he made gobs of money yeah but it's not really classified no it's unlikely that you would encounter something in the course of your work that would make you a high value target Uh -uh. assassination he he was a welder and he turned big wrenches right which is just very similar to this guy yeah 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 so uh, anyway he he did seem to have money though because he was riding a five thousand euro bike so yeah he was uh (laughs) bicycle by yeah that's what i meant bicycle not motorcycle Uh, so molier had been married he had two kids by his previous wife but he had left her by the time of his death he had a new girl friend and they had just had a baby girlfriend's name was claire schutz mm-hmm. and i believe they were they've been together two years two at years. the time of his death yeah about yeah. two years yeah all right so let's start our story and as you can guess there's going to be some uh, some killing here Murder uh, and mayhem. why we got a yeah why we've got ourselves a mystery so uh let's start at the beginning here september 12th 2012 the Al-Hili family we were kind of road tripping through France. Mm-hmm. They they come across the channel to Calais, France, and then we're driving across the country. They had like a BMW station wagon with a big trailer uh-huh. behind mm-hmm. it, and then they were, and uh, so they were camping at the south shore of Lake Annecy. Car camping. That is East France. Yeah, car camping, yeah. not really camping. Yeah. Not course. tent camping. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, I don't know. I mean, their, their trailer was not huge, so with five people in that trailer, maybe somebody did pitch a tent. You still, I, I think, not that this matters at all, but I think even if you're in a tent that you just unpacked from your car, it's still car camping, technically. Mm-hmm. If you haven't hiked in. Mm, yeah. Oh, you're one of those purists, I forgot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. <laughs> no, that's, that's true, though, but yeah, but some people do consider, you know, going out in a trailer to be camping. It's not. It so. Well, it's car camping. I don't, yeah. 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 Nothing it's wrong called with that. a camper, dude. Yeah. Back off. Yeah. I, so. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, whatever no, makes, whatever helps you access nature is yeah, great. Yeah, and go out, and it's a great way to go out and see Europe yeah. for on a, on a somewhat cheaper dollar. Well, and with yeah. two young children, it makes a lot of sense. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Um, so their their trailer was parked at a campground at the south end of the lake. 
Lake that's Lake Annecy, which is kind of a long, narrow north-south lake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And by the way, very pretty, as I've already said, but I'll say it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really nice. Really uh, beautiful. I really would like to go there. Yep. Uh, they got in their car that afternoon to drive around, to do, do a little sightseeing. And this is important. They left the trailer at the campsite because I did. initially did not pick that up mm-hmm. and yeah. the story later on became confusing when I presumed they were still towing the trailer. Yeah, yeah. 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 That, that would have made things even worse for them. Yes. Not that things, yeah, I don't yeah. know how much worse they could have gotten actually come to think of it. But they said so they drove south from uh, the lake to the village of Dusard where they took about at least one picture, which is how we know they were there. They, they found a, the time and date stamp on the photo on their, in their camera, mm-hmm. police did. Mm-hmm. That was 3.15 p.m. And from there, they continued south to the, the village of Chevaline. And the main road through the village, you can see this on, on the aerial, as it goes south through the village. And at the south end of town, it goes past a farm and a big barn, sort of heads up into the hills. And uh, it's very narrow. Uh, and it's, it's, it's in the, the cleft of two mountains, that yeah, road. Yeah, it's in a little valley, and there's a, there's a stream running alongside mm-hmm. it and everything. And mm-hmm. it actually goes back and forth across the stream, crosses a lot of bridges yeah. and stuff. Very beautiful drive. Really beautiful. Yeah, really nice. And, uh, but it goes up for several kilometers into the hills before it dead ends. And I should say it doesn't, actually, doesn't quite dead end, but it reaches a small parking area. And past that point, motor vehicles are not allowed. So you would hike. Yeah. Get out and take a little walk. A little bit. Yeah. I, you know, Originally, I thought it, what it was is it reached actually kind of a turnaround and an actual dead end. And then from there, there were like trails that you could hike on. But I don't know if you guys looked at it on Street View. I sent you the coordinates. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and actually, the road continues. It does. You're just not supposed to drive down it anymore. Um, I believe, didn't they, don't they, like, have logs in front of it or something like that to keep drivers from going through? Uh, not in the, no, not in the street view that I saw. Maybe they have since then. Maybe okay, I remember yeah. reading something about the fact that there were, quote-unquote, trees in the way, and they were like, yeah, we're not going to do anything about that because we don't oh. want you to drive there. Oh, yeah, no, that was, uh, there was a big article written, I think it was in GQ about yeah. this one. The guy wanted to drive up there. Yeah, and that's where and I, was... I got the impression that those trees were down at, after that turnaround spot. No, actually, they were well before that. Oh, there was okay. Some, there was a, there were okay. some trees down, and then and the guy goes back to town and, and some, talks to some girl in a cafe, and she says, yeah, nobody really goes up there, so, you know, uh, so we're not that motivated. Uh, but anyway, they're up that road. Along about 3.15, a British tourist on a bicycle was heading up that same road, heading south out of Chevaline. His name was Brett Martin, former uh, former pilot with the Royal Air Force. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, British. Uh, yeah, Royal Air Force. yeah, yeah, British. Yeah, he had a uh, like a summer vacation home nearby, and he was uh, passed also going south by a French cyclist named Sylvain Mollier, who mm-hmm. you recognize. I mentioned him before, and he was on his very expensive racing bike, as I mentioned. Oh, yeah. When you said it earlier, I thought you said five thousand year old. Oh, and I was like, that sounds wrong, but maybe oh, I'm just gonna <laughs> euro, roll the, with it. Euro, the but currency. euro, yeah, it was yeah. it cost five thousand exactly. euros. Yeah, yeah. Very expensive. Got it. That would be that would be <laughs> the totally cool out of place artifact <laughs> mystery for us. I was <laughs> just gonna <laughs> let it happen. I'm sorry. And then the Cheville bicycle. No, it's, it's probably uh, sorry, my everyone. fault. It's probably my fault. My poor enunciation. But yeah, his, okay. bi- his bike costs. His bicycle costs. 5,000 euros, okay. according to one story that I read, which is kind of a shame for, for a Mollier because if he had a heavier bike like my Trek 7300, which is a hybrid, mm-hmm. he probably would have gotten up to the end of the road later, and that might have worked out a little differently for him. Okay. That's called foreshadowing. Oh. Yeah, I know. So, yeah. so we need one of these. 
Dun dun dun. Yeah. I was yeah, just wondering yeah. why he was doing brand placement so much. Yeah. He apparently oh, yeah. has a sponsorship he's not telling yeah, us about. Apparently. Uh, I'm making a little money on the side. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. just how he's paying off the bike. Yeah, no, the <laughs> the Europeans are actually paying me to promote the Euro, which is not doing so well these mm-hmm. days. Uh, okay, but back to our story. The Al Hilly family came along in their BMW station wagon shortly after that. They passed Brett Martin going up the hill. It's not actually totally clear who got to the end of the road first, if it was Mollier or the Al Hillies, uh, but pretty close to the same time. And this was around 3.30 p.m. Uh, and as I said before, there's what, what they call a lay-by, also a wide spot, essentially. Yep. And yeah, that's what it is. It's just a wide gravel spot where you can pull off and park your car. Uh, Saad pulled his car into that wide spot, nose into the bank, 90 degrees to the road, which violates my number one rule about parking in hinky spots, which is you turn the car around, right? Yep. So you can make a quick getaway. He yep. didn't do that. But actually, it, on Street View, it looks like a really pleasant little spot. So, I, you know, it's not the kind of spot you'd really worry about getting murdered. It didn't, it didn't murdered. inspire terror upon yeah, no, arrival. No, it's not that. It doesn't look like that kind of place, really. So uh, he parks uh, Saad and Zainab, Zainab, his seven-year-old daughter, get out of the car. And the sequence of events is a little uncertain after this. Uh, it appears that they were close to Mollier. So, you know, it might be that they were just saying hi, nice day, something like that to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and then apparently a crazed gunman with a Luger, a Luger pistol pops into the scene and opens fire. Uh, it looks like Zainab and Mollier were shot first. That's the, the, and, the daughter. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and the cyclist. And the cyclist uh, and the French cyclist. And, and the, the crime scene was reconstructed using all kinds of things like shell casings and the blood on people's soles of their feet and various things. So... They sort of established because it turns it turns into kind of a messy scene. Yes. Yeah, there were quite a few shots fired. A lot yeah. of yeah, but even the police are not one hundred percent certain that they have the actual sequence down. But it so looks like but this is our the best guess. The best guess, right? Yeah. So the cyclist and the daughter get shot. Yeah, Molier went down. Went down. I'm not sure about Zainab. She got shot in the shoulder, uh, and then Side grabbed her, dragged her towards the car. And this is again, I've read three different versions of this. One was he just left her and ran for the car. Another one is he grabs her and drags her back to the car. And then, and then I think you found one, Steve, that said he actually, he actually got her into the car. Yeah. Yeah. As he got, as Saad got into the driver's seat, he was shot in the lower back. And he starts the car, slams it in reverse, cranks the wheel to the left and floors it. And you can see in the air, there's some helicopter shots mm-hmm. of the spot. You can see that it, the car did a nice, tight little semicircle a around. A full 180. A mm-hmm. full 180 until it slams into the bank. The, the, the rear end of it slams into the bank. And that's where it stayed. And uh, I'm not sure if it got stuck. According to one account that I read, when Brett Martin got to the scene, he said it was still in reverse and the wheels were still turning. It and, Well, I sent you that image that yeah. I found. And oh, I saw it, the image, too, where it is definitely dug in. It is totally yeah. dug in, and you can tell that the there's all the dirt has been flung away from the tire. and It looks as if it's just it would have been free spinning at that point. Yeah, I mean, he might have just sat there because he might have been passed out from shock or blood loss or just being well, shot. Well, I mean, it, it really back. doesn't I mean, matter if if you slam the ass end of your vehicle into an embankment enough to pick the tires up a little bit and the ground underneath is soft Yeah. and you are pounding on the accelerator, you're going to quickly dig a hole and you could be completely yeah. conscious and you're still going to be unable to move because yeah. you got no traction because it's two-wheel drive. Yeah, yeah, but if the wheels were still spinning when um, oh, what's yes. his name if, had if, shown up... If, 
Yeah. That would be, you know, somebody passed out. But it with could still, yeah. yeah. If it's in gear at that point, they're still going to be yeah. spinning. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. That's that's what I heard. But then again, I've heard. Uh, I've also heard Lots that of it was in neutral. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that's again. And he that semicircle made the car also run over. Yeah, he Molle, ran over. Right? He ran over the Molle, cyclist. the French yeah, cyclist. Molle, yeah, yeah, poor guy. He was having a rough day. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I said, dude. Next time, Trek seventy three hundred. But. Uh, <laughs> All right, so uh, our gunman steps to the front of the car, and he shot Saad again. Uh, Saad was shot four times, twice to the head. And then Iqbal and Suhaila, uh, the mother-in-law, were also shot several times. Then it appears that our perpetrator walked over to Moliere and shot him again. So in all, Saad, Iqbal, Suhaila, and Moliere were shot four, four, three, and five times, respectively. So Two in the head, each person. Each one got yeah. two in the head, yeah. Which, which is... Oh, this ahead. is weird. Yeah, well, it's, it's, uh, that's prompted some theorizing about it being a professional yeah, hit. It yeah, has. And Zainab, of course, was shot once in the shoulder. Uh, she wasn't quite dead, so... The she gunman... had, there was something, some trauma to her head, wasn't there? Yeah, he smashed her over the yeah. head at least okay. once with the butt of his gun. Yeah. Uh, pretty hard, apparently. And uh, We broke the... Uh, the he, he broke the grip the on the gun. Piece of the grip off, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so... It, this... That requires a pretty severe yeah. blow. Well, yeah, that's intriguing because uh, if you look at a Luger, and this was a Luger, they... they you know, they've established that apparently. Based uh, on the piece of the grip that was broke off and yeah. the shells. Yeah. yeah. If you look at a Luger, it's actually the grip is kind of up a little bit from the bot from the butt the butt of it. Mm-hmm. So you're not actually when hitting somebody, you're not even hitting the grip on anything anyway. Well he could have uh, it could have already been sort of aged and cracked anyway. Well, or or like I said he could have pistol whipped her. Yeah. Yeah, just yeah. yeah. The, That's exactly of the where head. I was gonna go. Yeah. Which is really traumatizing and horrible. But Well it's not yeah, she had a traumatizing enough time without getting bashed in the head. Yeah. Uh, well yeah. with yeah, without any of that. But wasn't there also some another child? There was another child. Okay. Uh, yeah. Oh, but anyway, no, the, the last thing about the grips falling oh, off, of course, they, the, the police did pick those up later, and that, mm-hmm. is, that allowed them to identify the gun as a, a Swiss-made P06 32 caliber Luger. Mm-hmm. As you'll, you'll, I'm sure you're all familiar with what a Luger is. They're kind oh, of yeah. a classic, yeah. Mm-hmm. You see them in all uh, the, uh, the World War II movies. Oh, uh-huh, yeah, the you know, Germans It's, it's the them. classic handgun yeah. of the German army. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah they're, they're actually really cool. I like, mm-hmm. I, yeah, they're, I they're, they're weird, but they're cool. They're yeah. as iconic as the PP7. Uh-huh. The PP7? Isn't that what James Bond uses? Um, PPK. PPK. <laughs> <laughs> That's how much I know about these guns. Yeah. I was like, whoa, Devin went gun nut for... Oh, no, yeah. she just made that up. Yeah, yeah. I oh. was close. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Now, yeah. 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 we happen to know there actually is a P7 pistil. Okay, maybe yeah, not so there. You go. That's what you doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. No, it doesn't matter. But you were asking if there was another kid. Yeah, of yeah course, there was. We forgot about Xena, yeah. age four, yeah. who was in the backseat with her mother. And, uh, you know, I don't know if her mom shoved her behind her legs or she just took took the initiative and did it herself, but she hid behind her mother's legs and her mom was wearing a long skirt. So she hid there behind her mother and was not seen by the gunman. And she stayed there for a long time. The police police showed up and they they were actually going over the scene and, and cataloging it and marking it all out and everything. And it was like eight hours before they finally got around to opening up the car to, to look at the dead bodies inside. I it was yeah. I I had read that it wasn't until some forensic person was going to examine the body yeah. that suddenly they realized something else was going on. So yeah. I, I have I have questions about that eight hour number and this is a tangent and I'll make it quick. But 
the way it was written, I initially presumed, I think like all of us did, that it was eight hours from the time the cops arrived. Uh, no, I don't think But I think it's from it. eight hours from the time yes. the incident happened. I think yeah. so, too. So, in other words, okay. that, so it was about half an hour after the cops arrived. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, no, just Which... kidding. I mean, the cops actually, I'm sure, got there very fast, but... You know, but still, you know, still. The cops long... are probably at the scene within an hour or two of it. But that's a long um, time. It being discovered. Oh, yeah. Well, it's it's up in long... the mountains, and a guy on a bicycle has to pedal back to town to report it. Oh yeah, probably. Although it was downhill, so it, it should have been fairly quick. Although but, that was yeah. a pretty crappy road. I don't yeah. think you'd haul on your bicycle. But the point is, it would have taken a while for the cops to get there. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. in their defense, a little bit. Yeah. It wasn't as if they were instantly appearing. Yeah. Oh, and. Yeah. And it, again, also in their defense, you would assume that if anybody were alive and when they heard sirens, they would declare themselves. Yeah, I mean, no, they probably walk probably don't the, take into account yeah. that there's a four-year-old. Yeah, but they uh, they probably they they want to they don't want to trample all over the scene, so right. they send one guy over to look in the windows and make sure everybody's dead, and you know, and he goes and looks. Yeah, they all look dead to me. Yeah, and then he backs out, and they mm-hmm. process the whole crime scene. Which mm-hmm. they, you know, the other thing that, like that probably you know? discouraged her from revealing herself. Yeah. She spoke English. Yeah. She lived in Britain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they were all talking in French, so yeah. she had no way to know that they were police officers yeah. talking about the scene. All she knows is probably some guy in yelling French uh-huh. came out of the woods, well, she and was... now there's more French people or more French voices. I'm not moving. Yeah, she uh, probably still hates French people. Okay. <laughs> no. No, no. It's the baguette. Oh, yeah. yeah, the French food. You're right. But I, I just think, you know, and, and obviously I'm very sympathetic to this poor little girl, like, hiding in terror for all those hours. But also, it's it, it's kind of amusing to think of this lab tech or whoever it was that opens the car door thinking that he or she is going to be looking at a dead body and all of a sudden it moves. Mm-hmm. That must have given him a start, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, enough of that. So, uh, okay, so, uh, but, so guns go blazing. How many, how many rounds? Because that's my how that's many rounds the, total? The contention. But, yeah, I, I think, as far as I can tell, the best guess here is 21 rounds. I've read in other places 25 rounds, but I think that's it was 21. That's a lot. That's a lot. Uh, yeah, because the Luger has an eight-round magazine, uh, and so the killer must have had two extra magazines because 21 rounds, right? And maybe he had, say, seven rounds in each mag, uh, or it might be out of eight rounds in each mag, and he just didn't shoot them all. He didn't shoot, uh, uh, didn't shoot, Zay- shoot Zainab for some reason. Uh, we don't know the reason why. Or, or maybe he was just out of ammo, and he smashed her over the head and left. Yeah, I, I mean, know. it's uh, maybe all of his mags weren't full. Yeah, maybe he put you know? seven rounds in each mag. You know, or maybe that's... he put eight eight rounds and had shot a couple bullets already, um, doing something else nefarious. Yeah, I, yeah, I had I had I'd kind of come to the same conclusion as what Joe was just saying. Is it putting seven in the eight? Because if you've ever tried to load a, a, oh, sure a have. clip that's really stiff, like not you try fun. to get to that last one, yeah. yeah, and sometimes it's just not worth it. Yeah, yeah. He's like, screw it. It's yeah. seven of eight. It's it's enough. I know how he, many I have, which yeah. would, would make sense with the twenty one rounds having been expelled. Yeah, and then uh, and for what he's planning on doing, I assume he went out of the house that day intending to murder somebody with his Luger. You know, that's why he was know. packing a lot of, <laughs> a lot well, of ammo for the, some reason. A Luger is not a Luger and two extra mags is not something you carry around every day, all day uh, for self defense because it's yeah. a fairly big, all steel, heavy gun. Yeah. You know, it is. It's uh, not a hunting gun. 
No, but it's it's just not some not a, kind of hunting anyway. It's a, it's, a, real... it's a really distressing form of hunting. Yeah, yeah, yeah that kind of hunting. Uh, but it's not real concealable either. It's just not your everyday carry kind of gun, really. So I don't know, but I think it was twenty one rounds, and of that, seventeen rounds actually hit their target, which is pretty good. You know, I mean, considering the the stressful kind of situation, I mean, I mean I, I'm assuming this guy was not cold as ice. He probably missed. I mean, it, you know, a lot of people when they get into shootouts, uh, they get even and even police, they stress. So much they miss entirely. There have been shoot. The police have. I've heard stories of police having shootouts with perps at close range. Each has a gun, and everybody misses everybody. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, they empty their guns, and yeah. nobody's hit anybody. It's yeah. like a. Le- yeah. It's uh. What was the Leslie oh, Nielsen movie? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Police squad or yeah. Yeah, a naked gun. Police academy. <laughs> yeah, a yeah. naked gun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Police squad. I love that. What a great name. Uh, but anyway, so this guy, that's not bad. Uh, Seventeen out of twenty-one rounds, uh, and again, two headshots per person except for Zainab. And I, but but it's still but still I, I'm not really sure why he didn't shoot her unless he was out of ammo because she was a witness. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, very shortly after this, around 3:40 p.m., Brett Martin, remember him, the the guy on the bike, mm-hmm. the, the Brit, uh, the heavy bike. Yeah, the heavier bike. He arrives on his bicycle. Uh, and he must have just missed all the action. He was uh, on a Trek 7300, Brent. Probably, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, on a Trek something, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, lucky for him, he got there a little later than everybody else. Apparently, the perp was probably out of ammo anyway. But uh, only one person was seen by him exiting the scene, which is a guy on a motorcycle who passed him going downhill on the same road when he was on his way up. Mm-hmm. So that guy, of course, was you know kind of kind of suspected to be perhaps the perp. Yeah. Uh, he, he apparently had been seen on the road south of the murder scene. That would be on the other side uh, of the murder scene by some Forest Service workers, and who told him he had to leave. Mm-hmm. Was that guy the gunman? Well, um, they the police released a composite sketch of him. He he had a, a goatee, which is kind of sinister. Yeah. Kind of heavy eyebrows, very sinister. Yeah. Uh, uh, but uh, in March 2015, he was identified. It turns out he was a businessman from Lyon who had been in the area to paraglide. And so they haven't released his name. Apparently, he had no connection to Molliguet or to the Al Healy family. Has no criminal record. Was a respectable businessman. And so the police took no further action on him. Uh, although, who knows? Maybe he was our killer. Probably not. Hmm. Maybe. Yeah, probably, probably not. Probably not. He just happened to be in the area. But nobody else was seen leaving. So this is what's interesting. And you guys looked at it again on the street view. On the street view, uh, if he'd been in a car parked right there, I mean, obviously, Brett Martin sh- would have seen him leaving the parking area and driving the other direction, right? Well, maybe. Unless, and so I was, I'm thinking, well, if he parked that road right there, actually, it goes past a sign that says no admittance. Yeah. And then it takes a sharp hairpin turn to the left. And goes back up past itself a little further uphill. So he could have shot everybody and then and then exited through the woods at the back of that turnaround there. Mm-hmm. And gone about 100 feet up to the road, same road where he parked his motorcycle, bicycle, car, whatever, and escaped that way. Yeah. Speculation on my part, I don't know. But anyway, uh, Red Martin shows up. And interestingly, this is one of the things that police had trouble believing about him, is that, is that he was just a few hundred meters down the road pedaling on his bike and he somehow didn't hear 21 shots being fired yeah yeah that was a little they were a little iffy on that whole thing and then apparently they did some uh, some sonic testing and um it turns out the, the river is apparently very noisy There's a lot they're, of ambient noise yeah, yeah. They're, they're in a little valley there a tight little valley with this river making a lot of noise and apparently the mountains bounce reflect sound back and forth and stuff so they did some sound testing and it turns out well 
He very, he very well maybe didn't hear the gunshots. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, even at that wasn't range. he kind of near some, he was on a bridge or something like that maybe even? Yeah. 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 It says the road, con the road is constantly crossing over the river yeah. back and forth over so, these little bridges. Well, in and all stuff. things considered, the, this, this caliber of Luger isn't an exceptionally loud round. And yeah. As compared to you know like a forty five yeah. or no, something, yeah. which is yeah. super loud. That's yeah. true. Yeah, it's not a forty four mag or anything yeah. like that. It's a yeah. Yeah, thirty two is considered. It's very popular around in Europe. Here in America, it's considered kind of uh, anemic. A lightweight round. Yeah. Which yeah. is why it, it makes sense that you wouldn't hear it with a bunch yeah. of background noise. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, Brett gets there um, and uh, he. Uh, he, he surveys the scene, uh, and, and, and of course, Zainab apparently was out of the car, staggering around, holding her head. Everybody else, of course, was in the car dead. Uh, and so he helped her out, and then I think found some local hikers or something, and, and, or somebody on a bike or something, and asked them to go for help, and they did. Next thing you know, the cops all show up. Oh, and, and here, by the way, if you want to see this crime scene, uh, here are the coordinates. Are you ready? Write this down. 45. 728831 and 6.224649. And you can see the very spot where it happened. So much easier than a URL. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Way easier. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it is actually kind of informative to take a look at the spot. It sure is. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, uh, the aftermath, there were two survivors. Of course, the two daughters, Zainab and Zena, did survive. Zainab did recover. Apparently, she's had some memory issues. Uh, not not total memory issues. Of the issues. event. Of the event. Short-term memory yeah. lost from that time, which not, is completely understandable yeah. and a bit of a blessing. Yeah, yeah probably. I say not surprising at all. Uh-huh. But apparently... Both from the trauma and from the physical trauma. Uh-huh. Uh, apparently, the girls have been adopted by an aunt and an uncle, and they're doing all That's right. That's good. Which is good, apparently. Good I think they've been given new identities. Mm -hmm. so I would guess. Good, too. Yeah. Uh, and there was one other weird side note, which is that I, I said Iqbal, uh, Saad's wife, had been married before, right, to Jim, mm -hmm. James Thompson mm -hmm. back in the U.S. On the day that she died, Jim Thompson died of a heart attack in his car. That's so weird. The same day. I know. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the French police actually, I heard, tried to get his body exhumed because they, they wanted to test to see if he'd been poisoned or something. Uh Apparently, the family would not agree to it, and so it hasn't happened yet. You know, it's it's kind of, I guess, something worth checking out, I suppose. It's kind of a wild, long shot. It's, it's a huge long shot. I'm, I'm sure but it's also a, but it's also a huge coincidence. Oh, yeah, it's massive. Yeah, it I really mean, is. Yeah. But then again, when you look at this whole thing... It's Maybe a, they both yeah. signed a contract with the devil at the same time, and mm. yeah. the rest of them paid the price for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that could be. That Possible. makes sense. I've, yeah. watched, I've been watching Supernatural again, so... Oh, yeah, sorry. that would explain that. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. I, I sort of let, let that show drop. Maybe I should get back to that. Oh, yeah. yeah I'm still in, like, season eight, so... Oh, I've, been I've watching, got, like, 15 more to go. I've been watching Narcos on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, It's actually pretty good. Yeah, it's uh, more yeah. your style. Yeah. Oh, okay, where am I here? Oh... Back, back but, to yeah, back yeah. to the, the yeah. ex-husband. Yeah, uh, sorry, back to we got that, off on yeah, TV, sorry, TV world. Yeah, back to the ex. Uh, on the other hand, he was overweight. He had high blood pressure. He smoked cigars, so mm, probably not that remarkable. Taking time bomb. Yeah. Yeah, but still on the same day. Uh, that's a little weird. Yeah, I don't know. So there are a lot of theories. Obviously, the European press went nuts over this, and the internet's gone nuts over it too. Mm -hmm. And the police—they put out a few interesting theories. Some of the theories, uh, assassination by the CIA, the Mossad, uh, Saddam Hussein loyalists, or maybe the KGB or FSB, whatever they're calling themselves these days. Perhaps a jealous lover. 
perhaps murder over an estate dispute. Um, uh, but police have admitted they actually don't have any idea, really. Yeah, uh, yeah they really don't. Uh, they don't know who the target of the killing was and who was collateral damage. Um, and for all they know, it, it really was just a random thrill kill. Yeah. They just aren't, they just really don't know. So who murdered them and who murdered, who murdered the Alhillies? Who murdered Sylvain Moulier? And why did they do it? Well, let's talk about theories. But first, let's take a break. The Willamette Radio Workshop. The award-winning Willamette Radio Workshop returns for the 19th Annual UFO Festival in McMinnville, Oregon. Two live radio shows at the Hotel Oregon in Maddie's room at 3 p.m. Saturday the 19th. Isaac Asimov's Pebble in the Sky and Craig Kenworthy's Herf, the Extra-Dimensional Assassin. Tales of future worlds with a modern edge. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll wonder when the mothership arrives. Free admission with food and beverages available. All ages are welcome. Live radio lives at McMiniman's 19th Annual UFO Festival. Don't miss it. And we're back. Okay, first theory. All right, so uh, our first theory, it was a hit on Saad Al-Hili by Saddam Hussein loyalists. Um, and here's, here's the basic outline of this theory. Uh, they did have the earmarks of a professional hit, of course, as I said, the two headshots per victim, right? That's uh, guaranteeing that they don't survive. Yeah, reasonably good marksmanship, uh, although it was a bit sloppy, I've got to say, leaving the daughter alive. One theory that the papers came up with is that Saad's father, Kadim Al-Hili, was smuggling large quantities of cash out of Iraq. I'm not sure that if this was post-Saddam or, you know, because, as you know, he was captured and executed. This, uh, yeah, I believe it had to have been pre-Saddam, uh, yeah. pr- pre, uh, pre-Saddam's death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the idea here is that uh, he's smuggling all this cash and wealth out of Iraq, stashing in Swiss banks. Uh, and then uh, and apparently the, this paper that that posted this story, why did I say post? I'm so internet-y here. That published <laughs> this story, uh, got the, they claim to have gotten this information from German intelligence. Uh, I, sure. I'm, a little, I'm a little skeptical there, but... Uh, Anyway, the Alhilis were actually just a hop, skip, jump away from Geneva, Switzerland, as I just said, where all that Iraqi money was stashed. And it turns out Swiss authorities had confirmed that he did indeed make a stop at a bank in Geneva a few days before the killings. Yeah, it's almost like he was on a large trip with his family and needed some, some money. <laughs> yeah. And well, well, there was, uh, there was a, at least, I don't know how many accounts he might have had, but I know his father, his deceased father, Kadim, mm-hmm. uh, who had died the year before, had left as part of his estate about eight hundred euros. Excuse me, eight hundred thousand euros. I was gonna say eight hundred oh. euros. Wow. I, you know, wow. I read yeah. this. I read eight hundred euros, and I thought, I don't know if that's a very big amount of money to fight over. But okay, uh, yeah. I know, no, eight hundred thousand. Maybe that's a little bit better. Better, but, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's definitely. But he left that in a Swiss bank account. He might have just stopped in to check on that. I think he was in a little bit of a dispute with his brother, so maybe he just wanted to make sure it hadn't been hoovered out. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how Swiss banks work. I don't know if they're like. Every other bank where they have a web page, you can just log in and check your balance, or 
do you have to go there in person like you're Matt Damon, you know, and present them with a little secret decoder <laughs> ring? The, and the key. In your briefcase. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. exactly. And then the bank manager has to come down and pull the key out of a secret pocket, and you yeah. have to, like, simultaneously mm-hmm. do the lock. Yeah. I think that's how it is. Is that how it is? Okay, so yeah. that's what yeah, they had and, to do. And then, you know, the, the whole Geneva, uh, well, no, it's not, uh, what was that Dan Brown book? Oh yeah, Da Vinci yeah, Code. Da Vinci code. The, yeah. yeah, I was like, that's sorry. The Da Vinci Code, where you now have to run it down a conveyor belt. Yeah, all of all of these tropes are correct. Yeah, uh, they gotta be. When you yeah, have a Swiss no. bank account, Hollywood always, uh, you know, fastidiously researches all their stuff. But so, but but of course, if Saad did make a little a little stopover in Geneva and, and grab a bunch of illicit Iraqi cash, that's kind of short notice to get an assassin in place. To murder him, you know, on a mountain road. Well, there's automated uh, alerts. Uh, I have, have kind of automated alerts on my accounts. It, it could be they have sleeper agents in place all over Europe. And it could. Just, yeah. It could also be that they suspected. They that already he suspected was him. Yeah. Going to and then. Or and maybe, so they had somebody tailing him already. Yeah, or maybe he had actually I, been doing it already. Yeah, maybe, I have yeah. serious reservations about that, but we'll get to this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, but oh, yeah. Be... This is a bad theory. It's just... oh, yeah. It's not that <laughs> I'm great. Playing wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So okay. So imagining, as common sense kind of dictates, there, there had to be a little preparation for this. You know, Correct. It didn't just they didn't just decide on the basis of twenty four hours notice to get a hitman out there to kill him. Uh, but if it was a long time coming, then uh, and and police, French police originally believed that the origin of it was not in France. They didn't want to believe it was it was a French person that did this. You would think that they would have assassinated him back in England. It would have been a lot simpler, rather than tracking him and his family all over France and then killing them, all of them. Maybe just shoot him when he's coming out of his office or something like that. Well, the the right, instead well, of the moving Jason Bourne target style. Yeah, thing, yeah. yes, but I will say that. Uh, family camping trip in this kind of a not really very well traveled area uh-huh. would maybe be better you know, with the, without the bad luck of having the two bikers there uh-huh. that, that it could feasibly be days before the bodies were found maybe I don't um, know. if they if they were camping indeed pe- they wouldn't be expected to be checking in most uh-huh. of the family was there so in a way it kind of makes sense it's not a uh, it's not yeah. great Sure, but yeah. they're being reported missing would probably be greatly delayed by that. I get, it would, and I then would finding the, the bodies, and then you know probably the daughter would have actually died because the she younger would, one probably she would have stayed there indefinitely. She probably would. have. No, the one that got the older one. Oh, the one that got she one. probably yeah. would have. She got, probably would have. You know. She would have staggered down the road. She might have made it, or maybe not. Who knows? Yeah. I, it Church just was bleeding quite a bit. I agree. It's you know, but it is a. It does seem to make a little more sense if you're worried about the discovery of them mm-hmm. yeah I don't know. although yeah i don't know how ill-traveled that road is i mean if you go on street view if you go from Chevaline all the way up to the murder scene mm-hmm. you you pass a bicyclist on the road or, or the, the google car does yeah and then when you get to the the the, the, the layby as mm-hmm. they call it yeah none of the podcasts they call it the layabout mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, no no i wanted to just say that no 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 i'm a layabout that's a layby Bye. Yeah. okay but uh so, uh, but if you, on, again, on, on the same street, the same day, mm-hmm. uh, there were two cars parked in that spot. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, Misconception, it, maybe. It I don't like, know. It's... You know, it's, it seems to me like it's popular enough. Somebody would notice this BMW with a bunch of bloody corpses in it, probably. probably. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, although still, it is a little bit out of the way. I mean, it's not heavily trafficked. It's a, it probably is a, a decent place. You can just look up and down the road. Mm-hmm. See, is somebody coming? Okay, good. Kill, right. kill, kill. Yeah. You know, but uh, but again, like I said, besides that, uh, um, 
They did, they did check out his house. They didn't find anything there, no evidence of sketchy behavior or wrecky cash connection, anything like that. What they did find is that uh, he had recently changed his locks, which the papers made something out of. I'm not sure what you can make out of that, really. But, uh, well, and then they also found a taser, which is illegal in Britain. I think you can make something out of I, the changed, the newly changed well, locks. Maybe. Um, no, uh, okay, this might just be because of the amount of reporting, but I thought that I read that the taser and the freshly changed locks were something the police were all excited about when they got to the brother, and not Sahat. Uh, and not, and what do you mean when they got to the brother? As in, they found it at the brother's place. Yeah. Oh, I thought yeah. they found. No, I thought they found it at Saad's. No, place. they did. Yeah. Well, no. See, that's the thing is that I remember them talking about the fact that in one of the articles it was saying that when they went and, and checked out his brother, they found it weird that they had gone there, and then he had, it. Again, yeah. I think this is just confusing reporting. A lot of misreporting is going on yeah. here. I think, like, they searched Kadim's house. That's the father. They searched his house looking for clues. Right. And that was the one where they... Right, but they arrested they... his brother and hauled him in a couple of different times. They and did. So that's, that's Zaid, where the, yeah. the, the, the conversation... And they searched his the... place, too. But, right, but the yeah. change locks and the taser come up in that conversation as well, yeah. which is why I was saying... Oh, it's so confusing. No, the, but the search of Kadim's house was the one where they, they thought they found something sketchy that they thought might be a bomb, so they evacuated. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I've seen that reported as Kadim's house and also as Saad's house and also as Zaid's apartment. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I've seen it reported as all three. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it was Kadim's house that nice. had the bomb. Okay, so the, really, the, the reporting on this is just horrendous. Uh, it's it not yeah. good. No, it isn't. It isn't great. Um, it's confusing, and it makes our job harder. So cut it out, guys. Yeah. You know, oh, really. Stupid yeah. reporters. Have some integrity. Come on. Yeah. Um, the police, meanwhile, were, they were checking out this theory that a hitman had perhaps followed them over from Britain. So they found they found basically every security camera between Calais, France, and Lake Annecy, which is probably quite a few. We're talking, yes. we're talking traffic cams and yeah. just you know uh, rest areas and ATMs, you know, and ATMs, cafes and you know, gas stations or whatever. They, apparently, they tracked them all down, went through all I mean thousands and thousands of photos and found the photos of the Al-Hili car with the trailer, traveling across France. And they checked uh, neighboring photos to see if there were any cars that showed up more than once mm. that were tailing them. So they went through a lot of photographs here. And by the way, there's been some complaints by the family, the Al-Hili family, that the police have really done nothing and, and all that stuff. Feels actually, like they've done a lot. They've done quite a bit. Yeah. They actually really have. And But so they went through all these photos, and they finally decided, no, they were not tailed from England because they never found a single car twice okay. following them. And, and also the other thing about it that doesn't really make sense is apparently Zainab recovered enough of her memory of that day. The police asked her exactly, you know, how they how they came to be up there. And what she told them is that they were hanging out at the campground. And Saad said to her, well, what do you want to do? Would you like to go shopping or do you want to go out into the woods? Oh. And Zainab said, let's go to the woods. Oh. I know, poor kid. God. I know, I know. Can you imagine that being one of the only things you remember from a day like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah oh. I know, poor kid. It's just sad. But, uh, and, so that, and so this wasn't even a planned thing. Yeah. Which means it's hard to premeditate putting a guy and Putting in a the guy out there to lay, lay yeah. in like an assassin laying in wait for them. So... If uh, so, if if if, as a, if an assassin was laying in wait for anybody, it would have been Mollier and not the Al Hillies. So mm -hmm. it looks like they were probably the collateral damage here. Mm. Mollier was the target. Hmm. So let's talk about that theory. It was a planned hit on Mollier. 
Um, okay. Oh, wait. Well, you, you need to finish up those the stuff about Kadim because we talked about a little bit about the whole thing with him and the Hussein regime. Oh, oh, Kadim. I guess yeah. I, I, that, that might be a little bit confusing there. I mean, Kadim Al Hilly, uh, of course, Fads and Zaid's dad. He moved to England with his family in 1971. He moved back to Iraq in 74, did not take his sons with him, apparently, and stayed there until 1982 because he still had businesses over there. Mm -hmm. And so he basically He was an entrepreneur. Yeah, and so he basically went over there, I think, eventually ran his businesses and eventually wound them down or sold them or whatever and got out in 1982, which was uh, kind of after Saddam's accession to power because I think Saddam officially became... You know, the, the big boss man in like 79, I believe. Not totally sure about that. Ballparkish. Right around 79. Yeah, I mean, he was kind of the power behind the throne for a long time there, but he didn't become the big kahuna until about 79. And um, and so there, there's no indication that they were buddies though, or that they had any connection whatsoever. And the way things are... So this whole stashing Iraqi hidden war <sighs> cash thing is probably I, just just uh, something to sell papers. Yeah, I think so. I don't. I don't know that there was any real evidence for it because uh, there's no evidence that Saddam and and Kadim knew each other. Right. Um, you know, and and for that matter, uh, Zaid said that uh, Kadim actually did not like Saddam at all. Come on, Joe. Uh, he yeah. was from Iraq. He yeah, was buddies. Iraq. He was buddies with yeah, he was Saddam. Buddy with Saddam. Yeah, of course. They, they all were, weren't they? Yeah, just they? like all of my Persian <laughs> buddies were were friends yeah. with Saddam. Yeah. Well, yeah. actually, it was kind of you know if you if you sort of let things take their course, eventually everybody would have been his buddy because he killed everybody who he wasn't. wasn't. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> that was heading yeah. that direction. Yeah. yeah. Uh, to be clear, I'm joking. Yeah. Oh yeah. Me too. We don't but... we don't think that. Yeah. No. Actually, okay. I really love the quotes from my friends who I can't I can't directly quote because there's some foul language in here um but he was blanking crazy is what they used to always say when yeah. people yeah. asked them about what they thought about uh, saddam yeah yeah he was no, nobody yeah. nobody who left that area like saddam saddam yeah, yeah no he saddam. Uh, saddam? Yeah, saddam. He, was, he was rather saddam. ruthless but you saddam. Know, yeah saddam so uh, next theory our next theory yeah it was a plan hit on molier sylvain molier the bicyclist Okay. Mollier was uh, at this time taking a three-year leave of absence from his job uh, at, as a welder. Jesus, as a welder, yeah. And I don't know why he was doing that. How he do was... you get a three-year absence? I know, That's I know. Amazing. Wouldn't that be nice? That's crazy maternity leave right there. Yeah. Well, I mean, paternity leave first of all, right? But true. But sometimes contracts aren't as plentiful. And maybe it's possible that he said, hey, listen, I'm going to take a three-year sabbatical. You know, let me know when there's work again. Yeah, yeah it's it just, it's a weird number to me. I'm sure that in, in Europe, it, it maybe it's something that's more common. Oh, yeah, they like they yeah. they definitely give people way oh, yeah, more but time I mean, off, which even is amazing. Big, like Intel here only gives you about a one-year sabbatical, and Intel is weird for giving people sabbaticals yeah, in yeah. this country. Yeah, don't do that even, yeah. Yeah, so it's, just, it's a strange number to me. That's all I'm saying. It is kind of a strange number. I don't know that I'd want to take that much time off from my job because I would probably forget how to do it. I'd love to. Yeah, yeah, but... Uh, uh, but anyway, he was uh, doing whatever he was doing that particular day, of course, riding his bicycle, living with his girlfriend, Claire Schutz. Uh, and according bicycle. To, yeah, bicycle. The, yeah, according to uh, the papers, Claire was from a very well-off family. Uh, apparently, her dad owned a big, successful pharmacy. Uh, apparently, she was buying it from him. Hmm. And 
the papers took that to mean that she was like a millionaire. On so paper. He was a gold digger, yeah. Mm. Uh, and they said, the papers also said Claire's family didn't like Molier and felt that he was sponging off of Claire and mm. that perhaps the family had had him killed, you know? And uh, all right. But then there was another theory, apparently, that Molier also liked to fool around um, and uh, that maybe there was a jealous boyfriend out there. Ah, being a lady's hand. Maybe hmm. wanted to whack him, yeah. So that was another theory that was out there. But of course, this this all runs this all runs back into the same problem we have with the Al Hillies being the the target the, the target of the head is that apparently nobody knew Molier was actually going to bicycle up that road. That he wasn't day. supposed to. He was. Uh, he was well, he was then on a bicycle that really was equipped for that kind of terrain. If yeah, I understand, he was on a racing bike, and and actually that's a paved road, but it does have some it does have some cracks and potholes in it. Uh, if you you know you can see it, you can actually if you if you weave skillfully enough, you can for the most part stay on smooth pavement. If you weave in between all the holes and stuff, mm-hmm. there's going to be a few patches where you're going to, you know, rough up your little bike a little bit. And I don't know how you know those those racing bikes have got those. Incredibly super skinny little tires on. Yeah, they do. Oh, yeah. That look like you know if you run over a rock about bigger than your thumb, you're going to totally destroy it. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but apparently, you know, he was he was cruising after that thing. Maybe he was so well off that he didn't worry about ruining his tires. I don't know. But he he well, was apparently, as far as we know, just randomly cycling up the end of the countryside that day. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, we don't know that for a certainty. I mean, maybe he was planning a secret rendezvous up there. Or maybe he told someone. Well, maybe. Uh, the best I was able to hear is that he told he was with Claire and her, and her father, I think, and said mm-hmm. he wanted to go out for a bike ride, and was thinking about heading like south of the lake. And her, the Claire's father said something. Well, you take that road south out of Chevalier, and that's kind of a cool drive, you know. And See, so, that sounds a little suspicious, doesn't so, yeah. it? Yeah, but that that road also has a lot of forks on it. Yeah, and so he could have been. They could have said, "Take this turn." Mm. And he just didn't take that turn and exactly. took the road straight the whole way. Sure. Yeah, it could have been that he was Possible. actually suggesting a different route than the one that, mm-hmm. that the Molier actually took. Yeah. Or they yeah. are covering up for something. And Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, so I can just picture it now. He's at the door and you know, the guy's immediately, oh, okay, get to the spot now. Yeah. To his He's coming. Yeah. Now, the only the only way I could see this working out as, as sort of a hit uh, with Molier as a target is, is that perhaps... He was the one that, between the two parties, between Saad and Mollier, he is the one that was from the area and could perhaps have planned some sort of a meetup mm-hmm. at that spot. Uh, we'll never know. There's absolutely no evidence to support that. Yeah. Uh, and there's no evidence that he was involved in any sort of covert activity that would get this kind of thing that would get you killed, right? Right. right. So well, we'll just have to take that as, you know, probably not. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, then on top of that, not. on top yeah. of that, there's this question of, how ruthless and horrible and heartless would somebody yeah. have to be to not only want to kill one man, but then but, also think, oh, you know what? Now I have to kill this entire family, including a seven-year-old girl. Like, I know. It's like you know, that's you, just another step above. Yeah, that, I know. Even in my most psycho moments, I would probably back off and say, you know, I think I'll wait until another day to kill. You this would guy. think. Yeah, yeah. I think you so. would hope. I, yeah, you would hope so. Yeah, uh, or maybe he was just that angry. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, yeah, okay, so much for that theory. There's another theory, which is that Saad's brother, Zaid, had him killed over this estate dispute. Because, as I said, Karim had died, the father, and left 800,000 euros in the Swiss bank, along with two, no, excuse me, one house in Britain, south of London, and also an apartment in Spain. So I don't know how much all of that was worth. 
a lot. It's property. It's, it's fairly valuable. Yeah. I mean, property itself tends to have a pretty decent price tag associated with it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, so somewhat valuable. Uh, it was rumored that the brothers were in a bitter dispute over the estate. Uh, Brother Zaid says, no, nah, there was some disagreement, but it wasn't at the point where the people were ready to kill anybody. And to me, I don't know, it doesn't seem like enough money to go killing your brother over. I don't well, know. It, your brother and his entire family. Well, there's that too, you yeah. Know, yeah. That's yeah. the other, again. Yeah. Well, he might not have liked his in-laws, so he wasn't worried about the loss of them. Uh, I don't know, maybe the, maybe the nieces were kind of annoying too. Yeah, yeah no, maybe that's, I, pro- that's still a bit far. But, but. yeah, this, this, still, this still does kind of run up against the whole problem of how, how do you position your assassin to be in that particular spot and yeah. just can't get past that little barrier. That they, but one hanky thing they found, they checked his phone records and they found that he called, made a number of calls to five phone numbers in Romania in the weeks leading up to the murder, which is a little odd. And apparently the call the call stopped after the murder. Yeah. Uh, can you refresh my memory? I don't remember what he does for a living. I don't, uh, he is an accountant at, um, what's the place? I can't remember the name of it, but yeah, he's got a, basically an accounting job. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, he, so, I mean, is it possible he could have been calling some random overseas client? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't I mean, know. This is, what was the date of the killing? Uh, September 12, 2012. Yeah, that doesn't really correlate to any tax times that I know of. Okay, no, never mind. I, I have no idea, but it, it could have been work-related. I don't, you know, I don't... Uh, could have been, could have been um, some late-night phone rendezvous? Uh, yeah, it could have been. He just he was just calling one of those nine hundred numbers. Yeah. yeah, it happened to be in Romania. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could have been. It could have been that. I, I don't know. Hello, yeah. my name is Olaf. <laughs> what would you like me to take <laughs> off? Oh, oh, I'm a sexy woman. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my name is Maria. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah. Did he have numbers. a good explanation for what? I don't. I don't recall that he ever provided them with an explanation for that. Now that does seem I, suspicious. I never, I never found out what the explanation mm-hmm. for what those calls were about. I'm no. starting to believe that actually what was happening is they were being followed by a helicopter the entire time. That could have been. <laughs> yeah, been. and then they just dropped somebody down. Yeah, they just, pulled them to the side. And, somebody yeah. just rappelled down a rope, did a bunch of shots, yeah, pulled yeah. back up, uh, went away. Some some kind of stealth technology from mm-hmm. that Romania that we don't know about. Yeah. Or it's a drone with a gun. Mm-hmm. Well, that could have been a Hellfire missile. Uh, probably not that. Yeah. No. Probably no. not that. Well, that would be, be some, more damage than that. That would be some spectacular police incompetence. Yeah. It blows them all to smithereens. Wow, look at all these bullets. <laughs> <laughs> it was a Luger, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, it's not. there's not a good explanation for somebody being stationed there. No. That's mm-hmm. the difficulty. Nobody seems to have planned to have been in that spot. So then, well, that time. So then, then it would be a random killing. Uh, very likely a random killing. Yeah. Uh, it Which could is also weird. Somebody, well, somebody just wanted to kill somebody and hung out in that spot. That's so. That's, and there are a couple of uh, a couple of suspects that they've stumbled across. So now I got to tell you, they're not great. Yeah. Um, they're they're but. If they were great, they'd be in custody, and we wouldn't yeah, be probably. doing the show, probably. Yeah, yeah, probably. All right, our random killing suspects, uh, we've got Patrice Menegaldo, who uh, he was 50 years old in 2014 when he was interviewed by the police. Okay. So uh, he used to be a soldier in the French Foreign Legion, which I understand is a pretty rough outfit. Yeah, they mm-hmm. appear to be. Yeah, this is what I hear about him anyway. Uh, apparently, they had asked Claire Schutz, that's Mollier's girlfriend, mm-hmm. uh, to give them a list of everybody she had ever known. Apparently, Patrice had had dated her sister, or was still maybe even dating her sister. I don't think I could do that. 
Uh, everybody you've ever known? Yeah. It would take me a long time to figure that yeah, out. I'm yeah. horrible with names. And oh, it's yeah. only because of social media that I'd ever yeah. be able to dredge It'd be like, oh, yeah, that name. one guy that I knew for like three years, but I don't remember his name. I'm but sorry. But he had the yeah. mustache, you know? Yeah, yeah I, that guy. Yeah, I uh, I really can't. Uh, but anyway, it, it maybe took her weeks to get, get the list to him. But anyway, they looked him up. He was uh, against, he, she knew him. Uh, but he wasn't a suspect. No, they interviewed him for they interviewed him and just you know just to see if he maybe knew something even without realizing he knew something you know you know what I mean and yeah and and talked to him and then and then uh, about two months later he committed suicide. Hmm. Yeah, he left a seven page suicide note uh, which the police will not release. The local prosecutor did did quote one sentence which is quote I could not handle being a suspect in a murder unquote. Uh, except, of course, as we said, he wasn't a suspect. Uh, and, of course, the tabloids you know, speculated that perhaps he was driven to death by his guilt hmm. uh, or by, by fear of getting caught. Yeah, I uh, also always wondered if because he was in the, the French Foreign Legion, if there had been stuff coming out about nefarious acts that well, were done while people were in the Legion. And so, uh, you know what I'm saying? It's also It also yeah. could have been one sentence in a this seven-page, single-spaced... Uh, you know, giant uh, monologue that this guy has written, yeah. and they've just plucked this one thing out. Well, I mean, apparently, it could have been the list of things he cannot stand. Yeah, it could have. Yeah, I mean, the there's uh, the smell of feet and seven, the food in this place, yeah, or, and being implicated in murder, or just I mean, the French language. Imagine how insane that would be. Yeah, living in France. I I have a hard time believing that if there was any reason to believe that anything in this seven-page suicide note would reasonably lead to him being an actual suspect, yeah. the police would have released it. They would, would have or at least it. said, yes, we are looking into it. We think he actually was a suspect. Yeah, and if the only reference in this entire seven-page note is just this one sentence, and uh, I got to say, it's not much to go on there. It's bad. You know? Yeah, it kind of is. So, so he's failed the sniff test. He's kind of yeah. I think I don't uh, I don't take it too seriously. And the next guy, and this guy has also also found his way into the papers. Uh, he lived just in a little town just west of Chevaline. And the reason he came to police's attention is that they checked all the cell phone records. They wanted to see what cell phones pinged the local uh, cell tower that day. Turns out there were about four thousand of them. So they checked them all again. The police weren't slackers on this one. No, they did yeah. a lot of legwork and. Uh, one of the people whose cell phone pinged that tower was was Eric uh, Devasu. Perfect. Deva, yep. Yeah, Devasu, close enough. Again, not exactly surprising that he was on his cell phone that day. You know, 4,000 other people were. Uh, they they, they, they tra- tracked down all the numbers. They came knocking on his door. Uh, he was 48 year, years old at the time. Uh, he had had a job of, as a policeman, which apparently he got fired from recently because mm. he had too much of a temper. Hmm. Oh, yeah, that doesn't look good. He likes playing bad cop? Apparently, yeah. Uh, He'd also recently applied for a permit to carry a gun, although personally I don't find anything wrong with that, but uh, whatever. Uh, But again, nothing nothing really immoral or illegal. But it turned out, unfortunately for him, he had a collection of guns. And I don't know how the police, if they searched his house, or maybe he just answered his door and they looked over his shoulder and there's all these Schmeitzer submachine guns hanging on the wall or something, (laughs) you know? I don't really know how they found it, but it turned out that he had a collection. Uh, A lot of them were vintage, like World War II era weapons. And apparently, you know, 
at least in this part of France, apparently there's a lot of old, old World War II era guns that, uh, in private collections. That doesn't oh, yeah. surprise me a whole lot. Well, oh, they yeah. were part of the resistance, so yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's were, a little bit of pride there. Yeah, and uh, you know, I mean, if I had a choice, my 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 great uncle gives me an old Luger or an old Schmeitzer. I'm not going to take to the police to be melted down. Uh uh-uh. uh No, I'm no. going to hang on to it. Uh, but his but you problem might, was you might uh, declare it. Well, that's it. And it was not illegal necessarily, but he had to declare his collection. He hadn't done that, so he got in a little hot water over that. Uh, but apparently, charges were dropped and nothing really came of it. But. Nonetheless, that got him, you know, put on the front page of a lot of newspapers. Poor guy. Yeah. Um, again, there's no real case against him. Um, so that's it. Uh, our next guy came out, came sort of came out more recently. Um, this is Michael, or excuse me, Michelle Hecht, a guy. Uh, I think it's French for Michael, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he actually, he's actually Belgian. Uh, he's living in France these days, apparently, because he was convicted in Belgium uh, in 2008 of shooting his brother, his sister-in-law, and his nephew. This was in 2005. Uh, involved apparently shooting one bullet through a wall. And I can't, apparently it like, you know, kind of sort of came close to them. And I don't know if this was an accident or what happened, but he was tried on three counts of attempted murder for okay. shooting, this, for shooting one round through bullet. a wall. Through yeah, it's a magic bullet. Uh, that's one magic bullet. Yeah. I know, I know. But he uh, he only got ten months for that crime. Although uh, that might have been ten months plus time already served while mm-hmm. waiting trial too. I'm not really sure. But apparently he was a potential suspect in a double murder in 1986 because uh, a cellmate of his had said that he had confessed to that crime. I, and, mm, yeah, I know. I, I have such I, a problem with that. I have a problem with all those jailbird confessions yeah. myself. I really do. But but here's what the murder was. The murder was in 86. It happened in Brittany, France. 1986. Yeah, 1986. Uh, two British bicyclists on vacation were shot. Uh, their bodies were found buried in a shallow grave in a cornfield. And that was a man and a woman. And the investigating policeman, who since became a private investigator, his name is Pascal Hoosh, and... Uh, said that the the two cases were, uh, he said, well, let me quote it here, quote, there are similarities between these killings. Weapons were used at close range and both took place in isolated areas, unquote. That's a pretty thin connection, my yeah. friend. Well, that, that would describe a lot of murders. I was Almost say. every, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really would. And actually, the, the MO is not the same. I mean, the, the most detailed account I heard is that the victims had been tied up. They were shot with a rifle, buried in a shallow grave. Which is a totally different, totally different MO than this one. Yeah. 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 And so I don't really see the connection there myself. Um, and again, uh, even if he did commit those murders, you know, which I, I'm not so sure he did. So that's Michelle Hecht. Um, let's move on to our next one real quick, like. Okay, this, is, this, is the, this one has just come out, like, just last year, less than a year ago, right? This guy was unknown to the authorities until... Ooh, I don't know, September of last year, 2017, perhaps? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. He, Nordahl Lelande, uh, 35, ex-soldier, who recently, I think that was February 2018, finally confessed to abducting and murdering an eight-year-old girl. Uh, that was in Chambray, which is just southwest of Annecy. Uh, and that's how, he be, that's how he sort of got on the radar for this particular crime. Mm. So he was attending a wedding, apparently, the little girl, I think she was eight, uh, was at the same wedding. He abducted her in the wee hours, wee hours of the morning from the party and uh, and then you know, drove away with her and then came back to the party without her. And this this was all figured out eventually using, you know, like you know, closed-circuit TV and security cameras. Mm-hmm. And, but, of course, the police didn't put pieces together until, like, September. This was in late, uh, like late August. 
And, uh, and it turns out that he had also picked up a hitchhiking soldier, 23-year-old guy named, or no, excuse me, 24 years old, uh, Arthur Noyer. That was in April 2017. Murdered him also. He confessed to that just like like days ago, mm-hmm. I think March 29th of, the, of 2018. Finally, finally fessed up to that one too. And that was also, that also took place. His skull was found, like about, I think, about 20, 15 or 20 miles from Lake Annecy. Between the two, he confessed to so It seems like it's his hunting grounds. Yeah, it kind of seems like So naturally, that, that gets him on the police radar for this guy perhaps being the killer in this case, too. It seems... Well, he's an ex-soldier. Well, and he's an ex-soldier, right? Yeah. So when was he serving as a soldier? Mm-hmm. Um, I had heard that he uh, he was actually like a dog handler or something like that. But yeah. he was serving, right? Yeah, he did serve. Yeah. So, so there'd be records of his whereabouts. Yeah, like yeah. four years ago. Five, well, actually, five, six five years, years ago. ago. Five and a half years. Five ago. Five and a half yeah. years ago. Yeah. At thirty-five, you would At assume 35? that you know at the no. end of your twenties, you'd still be serving. But Not I don't know how it works there. I mean, a lot of people do their service like eighteen to twenty-two, right in there. I don't know if that's typical. Uh, you know, in America, you sign up for four years, you go in at eighteen or nineteen. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Get out in your early. 20s yeah you know? yeah so, that yeah. i mean that, yeah. yeah i don't know and again the it uh, seems different yeah the, the, and then and part of it you know to the press i mean they think like oh he was in the military he's going to be a good shot the killer was a good shot yeah that's not so true. are a lot not of other true. people a lot of people in the military really can't shoot where the damn yeah and a lot no, of that's other why people, they give them so much ammo yeah i know <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of yeah and a lot of a lot of people who've never been in the military can shoot very well it's actually in this particular case, you know, there was all this talk about it being a professional hit. And actually, shooting people in the head at that close of range isn't that hard. Yeah. You know, it really isn't. I mean, I mean, from an emotional point of view, it would be. But, yes. I mean, from a technical point of view, it's not. It's not that hard. Yeah. yeah. I, it also seems like, you know, he abducted this 8-year-old girl. There was a 7-year-old girl that yeah. was severely injured on the scene, it seems like. Uh. You know, what was stopping him from abducting her yeah, good from point. that time? You know, uh, he just, yeah. if, if it was him, he would have had just murdered her entire family. I mean, uh, take yeah. her with you, man. Like, yeah. well, just, I'm not advocating for that. I'm sorry. No, I'm just, no, yeah, yeah. I just don't totally Life understand advice that. from Devin. Yeah, no, <laughs> don't. Yeah, no, no. no. Uh, but no, I get what you're saying. And, and uh, it um, seems diff- he's, totally he's different. Seems, well, yeah, it's, he seems like more of an opportunist. That's yeah. what I'm talking about Nordahl Ellen days. Yeah. Just this a total opportunist. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and really somebody who likes his victims one at a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, and way less powerful than him. Yeah, probably that too. Yeah. And then definitely unsuspecting. Uh, but the police are still checking out any possible connection. Uh, they're also looking into any connection between apparently 19 other mysterious disappearances in the area. Apparently there have been a bunch. Mm. Uh, and so he might be connected to at least some of them, probably not all of them. You know, I mean, there's no, there's no telling. There might be two or three serial killers in that particular part of France right now. I mean, really, who probably knows? Typically. Yeah. Probably typically. Probably yeah. not. Yeah, probably not that big of a surprise. So I don't see um, yeah. the other bicyclist on here. Which one's that? He's not a suspect. Which one's that? Oh, oh Brett? 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 Brett Martin? No, he was, uh, he was considered to be potentially a suspect. You know, and of course, the internet made a lot of the fact that, well, you got this, this engineer who worked on satellites and you got this this guy who worked in the nuclear industry mm-hmm. and then the guy who finds the bodies just happens to be an, an XRAF pilot yeah you know a lot was made of that whole thing it's amazing so they decided no. yeah and so they thought big big government conspiracy and all that stuff but also you know it, it is possible that Brett Martin himself was the killer but they did I mean they, they the police obviously gave him a close look I think um I'm uh, sure they swabbed him for they swabbed gun, him for gun for gunpowder residue. residue. Yeah, yeah, they did. Uh, 
and all that stuff. And uh, you know, and they, I think probably checked his schedule. Like, did the guy have enough time to to start where he did? People saw him. Did he have enough time to pedal all the way up there and kill everybody and then get the word out? Maybe he did. I don't know, but it seems unlikely. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so hard he, to tell. He's, he's I not just thought I'd a, mention it. He is not considered a viable suspect either. Mm. So that's it for the the guys by name. There's other sort of vaguer theories on the internet. Uh, one of which is it was a road rage incident. No, which yeah, is really lame. Yeah, I know. Because it's I a know. single car road, basically. Well, where did the other car go? The other car had to have left and gone down the road where he's not supposed to go. Right. Unless again, again, you only get to go down those roads unless you're a forest service worker or a local resident. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're not supposed to go down, be down there. Right. Of course, you can always thumb your nose at the rules, you know, too. I mean, probably get away with it. You but could also be a local resident. Yeah, it could be that too. Uh, and and I I tend to think that I tend to think that whoever did this probably was a local. Because, I mean, you know, actually, because nobody was seen, other than the guy on the motorcycle, nobody was seen leaving the area. And it'd be, I guess you could walk out of there on foot, maybe, you know. But so if you, commit, if you committed the murders, uh, you could get out by the back way because if you follow those roads, it's kind of a maze. But you really will come back out to civilization again about five miles south of there. Mm. Probably considering how, how windy the roads are probably more like about 15 road miles. Mm-hmm. You're going to be doing a lot of switchbacks, things like that and everything. It's not something that I think you could really do if you were a stranger to the area. Mm-hmm. But if you knew the area really well, you could kill those people and take the back roads and get clear out the other side of those mountains without anybody seeing you exiting the area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I suspect it was a local that did this, uh, who knew the back roads. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. I, I'll throw out one more theory, which somebody put out there was racially motivated. They see an Arab-looking guy in a nice car, and they decided to kill him. Of um, course. Yeah. <laughs> I roll. Of yeah. course. That was, that was, you know, I just throwing that one in there. It's, a, it's uh, you know, and then unfortunately, you know, the white French guy shows up, and you got to kill him too, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, you know. But uh, so I don't, I don't buy that one. Yeah, the only contribution I had to, to make to the French police on this one is I think I mentioned to you this guy's the theory that I have. Well, it's not a theory. It's the baguette. Yeah, the baguette. Uh-huh. You know, that's, it's the Luger, which is the, the thing about Lugers is that, um, you know, I've seen Lugers for sale and stuff like that. And maybe it's different in France, but here in America, generally used Lugers, uh, you see them with one magazine. This one had three. It's just kind of unusual. It's really actually very unusual to see a Luger with three mags. So if I were the police, I'd sort of keep that in the back of my head. Not a major thing, but that's uh, that's kind of, maybe you're looking at a collector here. Somebody like that. Yeah, I guess. I mean, listen, if this thing is an heirloom, because yeah. we've we made that we made a statement earlier about could have been something somebody got as an heirloom from because they, they're all yeah. over. Well, then that means that great grandpa, what's his name, had several clips because at that time you had multiple clips because you were shooting the Nazis Maybe. and you needed to make sure you had a fresh mag at all times. Yeah, it's not that big of a deal. Typically, those were carried by officers, and if they then they might they maybe carry one extra mag. I mean, but yeah, you kill a couple of Nazis officers and you got yourself a couple well, of extra magazines maybe i don't know again it's just it it's, just seems it's all odd. about it's, like, uh, it's, an, it's, it's and maybe medal it's, of honor yeah yeah it's a good point yeah when you get medal of honor there's always magazines just laying around randomly <laughs> yeah. everywhere that's what i love yeah. about that uh but no anyway then that's maybe maybe it's different in europe i don't know but i know here in america luger mags are hard to come by 
they're expensive. Uh, you got to go, you know, you got to go to a collector, one of these rare guys that, that you know, buys and sells these things uh, mm -hmm. to get them. So it just seems a little unusual to see one with two extra mags. Well, but. it's a ruined gun at this point, probably, right? Because the grip uh, exploded. I don't know. The gun still works. Oh, you can works. replace those. Yeah, you yeah. can replace those. The gun will still yeah. work fine. Yeah. So I that's mean, really what they it's need. It's probably is they a ruined gun to... because the guy probably threw it in the lake or something. Yeah. But, you know. I was going to say, really what they need to do is find all of the gun repair guys uh -huh. in, you know, a 200-mile radius and say, all right. Which yeah. one of you fixed a Luger that had a broken grip? Yeah, yeah. Well, there are there are actually uh, there are actually craftsmen who make like replacement grips for mm -hmm. guns. Like you can buy some fancy rosewood grips for your Smith yeah. Wesson revolver or something like that. So yeah, contact all those guys who order some Luger grips, you know, and then there you go. That's your guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Easy, be. guys. Come on. I know. Uh, I know. The, uh, but uh, the police, uh, you know, again, again unless uh, Nordahl, the serial killer, decides to confess, which I really doubt he will. Yeah. Because number one, I doubt that he did it. But even if he did do it, I don't think he's going to confess because he didn't fess up to killing the little girl and also killing that 24-year-old soldier until the police presented him with all the evidence against him. They had him dead to rights yeah and then he finally fessed up and said where the bodies were and stuff right so they don't have anything on anybody for this killing yeah so i highly suspect nobody is ever going to get caught for this one awesome yeah not yeah, really unless no, being sarcastic really. well actually french police there is one thing if you start a GoFundMe or get a government <laughs> appropriation to bring us to france we, we might could, be able yeah, to okay maybe. we'll Just we'll take kidding. a trip yeah, we will come yeah. over there and lend i'll look like a tourist with a camera glued to my face all uh -huh. the time because yeah. i'm taking crime scene photographs right. uh-huh not yeah. enjoying the beautiful exactly. views. exactly uh, yeah no that totally. exactly yeah all right so anyway uh if you're if, if you have any ideas thoughts on this one send us an email we have an email account it's um, thinking sideways podcast at gmail.com. You forgot it for a second there, I didn't know, I you? Did. Well, no, I, there was a little pause there. I was about to recite my own personal address. <laughs> <laughs> I just caught myself in the nick of time. Oopsie. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, also, of course, we have a webpage that's thinking sideways podcast.com uh, where you can find our episodes. Uh, there's an episode list. You can, uh, there's a link to, to buy merch. And uh, God, what else do we have on there? Uh, there's the don't forget about the link to Stitcher Premium is oh, there as well. Oh yes, I, I almost forgot about that. Yes, there is a list. A list uh, link. Link. Blah, 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 Thing. Blah, blah, blah. Bob. Yeah, yeah. Do and by the way, speaking of Stitcher Premium, you will find us there if you haven't already. But on Stitcher Premium, you get our episodes. What three, four days early? Four days early. You get them on Monday instead of Thursday. Uh, with and they're commercial free, and you also get. Bonus content. Yeah. Yeah, you get a free episode a month. So that URL you want is stitcher.com slash thinking sideways. And if you use the promo code sideways, you get one month free and some other cool stuff too. So yes, get signed up today. And uh, of course, you can find us at other places. Why would you want to? But you can find us at other streaming <laughs> places also, like Google Play and such. And of course, we are on iTunes. You can subscribe. You can give us a rating and a review. We like those, especially good ratings and Great reviews. We love those. And, of course, we're on social media. Uh, Facebook, where we have a group and a page. Yep. Yep. And so, you know, you like the page, and then you join the group. That's where all the action is. Uh, there's lots of back and forth and all kinds of good stuff. And uh, we're on Twitter, where we are thinking sideways. Uh, anything good on Twitter these days, Devin? No, I didn't think so. And we have a subreddit, Thinking Sideways, and uh, last She's shaking all, her head at that, too, so nothing going on nothing there. Nothing going on there. And, uh, of course, we're on Instagram. 
Yeah. Yeah. Instagram, lots of fun, cool stuff out there, I think. Thinking Sideways podcast on that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. I forgot. Thinking Sideways podcast because there's another... People stole I don't know name. why you guys keep mentioning them. You, yeah. You're giving them tons of traffic by know, bringing it up. Just give guys. our URL and call it good. Yeah, okay, sounds good. So that's everything you need to know, I think. All right, well, that's it for this week. Uh, any final thoughts, you guys? No. Yeah. Nope. This one's nope. super sad. Yeah, it is. It is really sad, yeah, especially the little, you know, the little kids and all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but uh, anyway, uh, like I said, send us over there. We'll fix it. All right, we'll yeah. talk to you guys later. Next Bye, week. guys. Bye.